Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Let's take a look now at 2 Thessalonians. This book, like 1 Thessalonians, has some very similar themes. It has a lot to say as far as encouragement for persecuted believers. It's written primarily to correct a misunderstanding concerning the Lord's return. We'll get to that in chapter 2 and discuss it a little further in chapter 2. And it's written to exhort the Thessalonians to be steadfast in persecution and to work for their own living and to provide for themselves. I think this was mentioned in part in 1 Thessalonians as well. So this letter deals fairly extensively with eschatology. That's the theology of last things and uh, the return of Jesus Christ. The letter itself was written shortly after 1 Thessalonians, maybe just a month or less even after 1 Thessalonians was sent, because we have the same team in place of Paul, Silas, and Timothy writing to the church. And even though it was two separate documents, the themes are very similar in both First and Second Thessalonians. So let's read today Second Thessalonians chapter 1. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more. And the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all of the persecutions and trials you are enduring. All of this is evidence that God's judgment is right, and as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled, and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might on the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. This includes you, because you believed our testimony to you. With this in mind, we constantly pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling, and that by his power he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness, and your every deed will be prompted by faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you, and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, of course, um, reintroduces the team in the first verse, as I mentioned, Paul and Silas and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians. And then he once again puts the emphasis on God, our Father, which he says twice, and uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, which he says twice in the first two verses. So Paul never speaks merely on his own behalf. He may mention those who are with him, but he's always speaking for the Lord. These letters, as Peter later refers to them as Scripture, these, these letters are divinely inspired. Paul recognizes that he's saying these things for the Lord. So verse 3, he writes, We ought to always thank God for you, brothers and sisters, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love 
all of you have for one another is increasing. That should be said of you, friends, and it should be said of me. Our faith is growing more and more. We're increasing from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from strength to strength. As long as we have breath and as long as we are continuing in the Lord, we should be growing. We should also be growing in the love that we have for one another. This is a a supernatural thing, maybe in and of yourself. Uh, You're an introvert. Maybe you don't like being around a lot of people. But the love that we have for other Christians is a God-given thing that we should cultivate and recognize it's the will of God for us to love other believers. And in fact, it is a preview of heaven because we're going to be with other believers forever and ever and ever. Paul continues, because of their love and because of their increasing faith, Among God's churches, he boasts about their perseverance and faith in all of the persecutions and trials they're enduring. And so it's interesting that Paul found this church so exemplary that he pointed to them continuously uh, in his missionary journeys as evidence of Christians who have perseverance, as evidence of Christians who have love for one another, as evidence of Christians who have faith, and those who have endured persecutions and trials. So the backlash in the early church was significant, but it must have been especially difficult and fiery and noteworthy among the Thessalonians. The um, uh, the Jews had persecuted Paul to the point they ran him out of town, and uh, obviously that was not enough. Persecution continued. But Paul says God will visit the persecutors, and I want to I focus on this for a few minutes. Let me read verse 5, 6, and 7. And then um, uh, let's talk about this. Paul writes, All of this is evidence that God's judgment is right, and as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you're suffering. He's talking about persecution is evidence that God's judgment about them was correct in bringing them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Verse 6, God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled, and to us as well. Well, that sounds good, doesn't it, friends? It sounds good to me that God is going to pay back those that give me a hard time because of Jesus, and that God is going to give me relief um, when I'm troubled. But then Paul adds this sentence, this will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven. And so we have on this side of the grave, the Bible says you will have trouble. And Jesus says, don't fear because I've overcome the world. Now, around the world today, you may or may not realize it, there are people that are suffering physical persecution and hardship. There have been more martyrs in the last 40 years for the name of Jesus Christ than in all of the combined history of the church. And so the reprisals among Muslims, Hindus, Other religions are even rising up with violent reprisals against Christians. These things have increased to the point where uh, it's undeniable that they are horrific and they're affecting millions of people's lives. So you and I may live in the United States of America where no one is being killed for their faith in Jesus Christ, but I assure you in the brief time that it takes me to talk about this one chapter of Thessalonians, statistically, Christians will die for their faith someplace in the world. So Paul writes, there will come relief, but not until Jesus returns from heaven. Now, this is a difficult thing, but the relief will happen. Those who uh, trouble Christians will be paid back, but not necessarily on this side of the grave. And so this church is being 
commended by Paul for their endurance during persecutions and trials, not because of their ability to escape persecutions and trials. Somehow Christians in the West think that if we're full of faith, we will be able to avoid all persecution and all difficulty and all trials and tribulations and so forth. Historically, that's not true. All of the early apostles, with the exception of Judas, suffered for their faith. Of the original 11, again, excluding Judas, all were uh, martyred for their faith, with the possible exception of John, who was indeed tortured but may have survived the torture. Uh, Church history records that he was boiled alive but survived it and then um, uh, lived a while longer after that after having been horrifically treated and tortured. So the church, when did the—let me just ask you a question. When did the early apostles lose their faith and therefore open themselves up for persecution and torture? And it's a rhetorical question because they never lost their faith. The apostles of Christ never lost their faith, again, with the exclusion of Judas. They never failed to believe in the saving power of the Lord Jesus Christ, and yet they suffered horrific persecution and trials. And so if you've you've heard preachers say, if you have enough faith, you'll be able to avoid these things. Friends, biblically, that's just not true. Again, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. And um, I can attest to the fact that I, as a believer in Christ, have had troubles both of my own making and outside of my control from other people, from natural disasters, from accidents, from injuries, from sickness, from backlash, from betrayals. I've had all of those. When did I lose my faith in Jesus Christ? I don't think I ever did. So these things happened, although I was walking with Christ. They may happen to you, although you're walking with Christ. And you will find relief, and you will be vindicated, but it may not happen on this side of the grave. Jesus is coming back. Verse 8, he will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and set out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might on the day he comes to be glorified in his people and to be marveled at among all of those who have believed. That's a fascinating turn of phrase. He's coming to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among us, among all of us who have believed. And uh, I desire and yearn for the glorification of Jesus within me and before me so that I might marvel at his glory. Paul writes, this includes you because you believed our testimony to you. So, friends, if you've believed the scriptures, if you've believed the gospel, that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died a sacrificial atoning death, and he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father, if you believe these things, then you too will be vindicated when Jesus comes back. Verse 11, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling, and that by his power, he may bring to fruition every desire for goodness, and your every deed prompted by faith. So, Lord, we pray that in agreement with Paul. We pray, Lord, that you would make us worthy of your calling over our lives. We pray that by your power, those things that you've called us to do would be fruitful and that they would be fulfilled. We pray, Lord, that every deed we do would be prompted by faith and not driven by the situation. We ask you, Lord, that through our lives, our Lord Jesus might be glorified. And Lord, us in him and him in us all the days of our life 
right on into eternity. Lord God, infuse us with the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.